Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, musical fans. This is Zane C. Weber. I'm just here to let you know that this episode is part of a new series that we'll be doing on Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, where we rebroadcast or we reprise some of our older episodes because there are just so many great musicals and more and more are coming up in the news that we would like everyone to go and listen to again. So rather then just link the episode in on Facebook or whatever. We're going to actually put it on the feed. So if you don't want to listen to it again, feel free to skip it. But we hope that all of our new listeners will not have to go back and listen to them all again. So this episode, our first one that we are featuring in this Christmas season is Little Shop of Horrors featuring Lauren Ware. Now, Lauren has gone over to London to make it big on the West End scene and she has been working non-stop since she's got over there. So thank you to Lauren for coming on the podcast before you got famous and we will see you next week with another reprise episode. Thank you for listening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. While Julie Eisentrager destroys the studio, I am Zane C. Weber here with my wonderful co-hosts. Miranda Selwood. And, and the always well-behaved Julie Eisentrager. Oh, I'm not sure that's true, but we do have a special guest this week. Here to discuss one of her favourite shows is... Lauren Ware. Hi, Lauren. Hello, And what is the show that you want to talk about this week? Uh, Look, no surprise, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop, Little Little Shop of Horrors. Horrors. (laughs) I I did say to Lauren that I think that this is going to be one of the singiest episodes we've done (laughs) in a while. Max 12 seconds, guys, just... Because all of us want to sing. (laughs) We need a 12-second timer. Now, I've made no secret that this is one of my favourite musicals of all time. I think it is my favourite musical of all time. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's all right. It's all right. It's just all right. (laughs) Just all right. All right. Well, before we get into the actual musical, let's get to know Lauren. Let's let's get to know what she's all about. Yeah. Who she is. What she does in the shower. But firstly, Um. before we do that, (laughs) what musical character would other people compare you to? Okay, so I have, yeah, I've been putting some thought into this. Um, So I feel like I have a little bit of an inner Gertrude from Susical. That's lovely. You know, like she's 
she's cute, but she's not like as pretty as the other girls. But she tries really hard. But she's she stuffs Aww. up a lot. But she'll come through in the end. Um, but I also think uh, I have a few circles of friends that also. Well, look see at you me. bragging about how many circles of friends you have. I think I have some friends who see me as like this cynical drunk. So wow, if you can okay. somehow That's combine quite... like Gertrude from Susical with Joanne from Company yeah, as right. like a hybrid, yeah, that that's, that's an interesting yeah. hybrid. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Gertrude becomes, yeah, transfers yeah. from one to the other. Yeah, down trotting to uh, Gertrude gone to seed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Gertrude that doesn't get Horton at the end. No. <laughs> All right. Well, what? Musical character would you like other people to compare you to? Um, Which one do you want to be like? Oh, some kind of powerful, uh, happening, riotous female like a Bonnie from Bonnie and Clyde Ooh. or like, you know, even like a baker's wife. Oh, from, yeah. You know, she's organised, she's getting things done. Like she cheats on her husband, but you know, <laughs> but that, she pays not... as penance. There's... Are you organised? Are you getting things done? Or is this kind of like, I wish I was like that? It depends on what day of the week it is, but, you know, yeah, yeah. All right. It's in there somewhere. So what's your dream role? Okay, hands down, um, I've, I would love to play Kathy from the last five years. Cute. All right. It's been on the Cute. bucket list for a long well, time. We'll see what we can do about that. Big yeah. long scene. <laughs> yeah. Anyone casting anytime <laughs> soon. Yeah. Well, you've still got a long time to play that. Like you're, you're still at the beginning of your the beginning oh, of, of, of that, that role. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, depending on who you cast opposite. Yes, you, you can... yeah. There's a big span of age that you can shift that show yeah, in. absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that we're getting into the more controversial questions, <laughs> what's your favourite Sondheim show? Okay, well, um, I'm partly biased because I've, I've done a couple. So I, have, I, I definitely have a place in my heart for Company and Sweeney Todd. Um, but actually Into the Woods is very personal for me because um, I'm getting married very, very soon and my partner's name is Wood. His family name <laughs> is Wood. So when he proposed to me, he actually designed his proposal around Into the Woods and um, <laughs> like wrote me a book that included lyrics from some of the song. It was very... This sounds um, like the most intense proposal mm, I have ever There has ever been heard of. thought put well, in He had that. a long time to plan for it. Well, <laughs> and, um, oh, no, no bitterness. <laughs> it's like, oh, it took him a while. <laughs> no, but he did a very good job. So for that reason, Into the Woods has a place in my heart. So, Okay, yeah. that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you sing in the shower? What's your go-to shower song? Okay, look, uh, just at the moment. I've actually, I've actually had a lot of issues with singing in the shower in the past. So, like, I once had a neighbour come knocking on my door with her <laughs> crying baby in her arms asking me to please stop because I was keeping her child away. Oh, and no. then um, that was way back when and I managed to get over that and I started singing in the shower again and then I had another incident where a housemaid one night, like, woke up and came banging on the bathroom door telling me to cry. I'm confused so, as to what time you're yeah, showering. I think <laughs> you might be showering too late at night. Is or maybe too early in the morning. In the morning? Are you showering past nine? Are you guys telling me how to live my life? Yeah, <laughs> we are. I'm just saying if you want to sing, how to be considerate, neighbour. But otherwise, I think I'm a bit of a 90s child at heart, so I often get my Christina Aguilera riff on. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the Spice Girls for a second there. I don't know if I'm disappointed or not. <laughs> I, I am. 
All right. Any, anything 90s, really. Anything 90s. Yeah. Or nothing at all if I'm and in trouble. Obviously, <laughs> we're only allowed to sing in the shower before nine. As a chronic insomniac. I reckon even 8.30 might be the cutoff there. As a chronic insomniac, I can tell you there is nothing better than a 2 a.m. shower. <laughs> don't sing it. I, I don't sing yeah, it. 2 a.m. shower. Uh, so, if you have to delete one musical from existence, <laughs> it never existed, it never will exist, and it doesn't exist now, and it can't be cats. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> which one will it be? I don't even want to answer this question. This is yeah, so it's controversial. Fine. It's okay. funny, the, the two sides. People are either like ready to answer that question. And they have a list. In a microsecond. <laughs> a prioritised list of or shows that just have like, to go. Oh, but I, but, but no, but oh. Yeah, and, and look, uh, I'm a bit of a bad musical theatre nerd in a sense that there's plenty of shows I haven't seen. Um, yeah. Oh, we'll delete one of those because so, you'll never know. Yeah, we just did that. But uh, on the basis alone of it being the only show I have ever walked out of, and I apologise oh, to the stories. cast I that love I walked stories. out of, but I seriously was falling asleep, um, Godspell. Mm. <gasps> That's yeah. a fair Sorry, call. Steve. So sorry, I couldn't tell you. I've watched it multiple times now and I still couldn't tell you what's going yeah. on. Like, I understand that. It's, it's not a... Real dynamic, but show. there are some people who love it so so much. So I apologise to those I people. But if I you love the disagree. show, or maybe you just love two songs out of it, or something like that. Mm. Like who loves the whole show? It's like, mm. Maybe we'll maybe find out. To, maybe those two have to be in. To I don't know. Like. Yeah, maybe that is two songs. Ye the way of the Thank is you. that that one? Yeah, and the build and, the city one. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, see, right? Yeah, see, right. okay, all right. Dear Stephen Schwartz, take a pen the letter. Look, you've, you've got Wicked, God's spell can go. <laughs> you've got, look, spells are covered. We've upgraded. <laughs> no one's no one's deleted Wicked yet. <laughs> uh, one day, maybe. We'll I'm not, I don't know who it will be, but. Probably a colourblind person who's really, really <laughs> I'm so adverse right. to that red set and everything's red. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good. Red, green, okay. Colorful. Well, let's let's Joke take a break now that people. we now that we know everything that there is to possibly know about Lauren Blair. <laughs> let's take a break. We'll come back and we will talk about Little Shop of Horrors. All right, Lauren. What can you tell us about Little Shop? All right, lots of stuff to speak about. With Little Shop. So, uh, classed as a horror comedy, I think, is the best way to sum it up. But also definitely classable as a bit of a rock musical. Um, composed by Alan Menken and Mr Howard Ashman. Those names sound familiar. Mm, a little bit familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder where, what what have where they they're done? from. What have they done? Have they done anything we they're know? They're not important. <laughs> Menken and Ashman. Like they're not amazing. All of Disney. Just really? Yeah. The, the golden era, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, so it's definitely a reflection of that, uh, that Disney, uh, Disney-fied writing in Little Shop, I think you could say. Um, but the musical's based on the original 1960s film uh, with the same name, but it has taken the liberty of adjusting elements of the storyline to suit the new structure as a musical um, with Mencken's music reflecting styles of early rock and roll, doo-wop, Motown, that sort of jazz. Um, the musical premiered off-off-Broadway at first in 82 before moving to off-Broadway where it had a very commendable five-year run. Um, a very commendable. Very f- that's commendable. A, that's a great run. Mm. 
That's a really good run. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Solid. Uh, and then inevitably earned its place on Broadway. Uh, it was then also produced in West End, soon, in the West End rather, soon after in 83 by Cameron McIntosh, where it ran for 813 performances and was credited with awards for Best Musical and also featured Ellen Green, who'd reprised the role of Audrey that she'd originated in the Broadway runs. Yeah. Delightful. So interesting. It, was the off, it didn't go to Broadway originally though, in that, that first season didn't transfer. No, so no. It, oh, it was. It, it went off no, Broadway. It oh my god! It was off, off, and then it transferred to off. Yes, but didn't go to Broadway. So it was proposed End. to go, um, but Howard Ashman said it doesn't belong there. Oh, it's an intimate bad. show; it needs to stay off Broadway. Yeah. So its first big kick was West. Was the West End? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And in that production got a little bit of sass actually for being too big, for not quite being. On the mark because it didn't have that same intimacy. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, especially with Audrey too. As, far, as soon as you're a certain distance away from that puppet, it loses a lot of its. It uh, like, it's not as it's imposing. Not as, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not as scary. Well, they fixed that in later productions by just making it a crap load bigger, <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyway, sorry to have interrupted, No, Laura. no, not at all, of course. Um, so, yeah, yeah, as I mentioned, the musical's based on the original pretty dark comedy um, from the 60s, um, but it changes lots of elements of the story. So uh, it's moved from Skid Row in Los Angeles to Skid Row in New York. Um, there's characters like Seymour's exacerbated Jewish mother who is completely omitted in the <laughs> musical and replaced by the exacerbated Jewish shop owner instead, yeah. Mr. Mushnick. <laughs> Um, blend those characters together. There's the character of Mrs. Shiva, who is actually quite a prominent figure in the original film, but who is then uh, decreased to just a mention in the musical yes. as yeah. being one of the biggest account holders yes, for the. Yeah. F- <laughs> no, the the, the uh, they're they're a funeral home, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> is that on the phones? Yes. Ah. She's got a few mentions in there, I think. I think there's like one in the first act and again in the second. Cute. And there's also one of the, the most memorable characters from the original film was the Jack Nicholson uh, his, role. His actual uh, feature film debut. Oh, there you yeah. go. So yeah, so yeah. Well, it's the original. Uh, and it's the waiting room. Yeah, he the, played the, that masochistic um, dental patient who Just then... loves being hurt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, who turned into... Bill Murray in the second yes, film. Yes, In the musical right. film. But yeah. in the musical, no such character. Yeah. That character doesn't exist. So, so yeah, <laughs> after the success of the staged musical, there was a remake of the film in 86, which I think was probably most responsible for how this show reached its cult classic yeah, absolutely. status. I mean, I grew up in rural Queensland, but the double feature of Little Shop of Horrors and Rocky Horror Picture Show oh. was a monthly staple at the what? at the local drive-in. Because when, when was Rocky Horror? <laughs> Rocky Horror was the same era, wasn't it? it was same yes, yes, yeah. It was, it was late 70s, but, yeah, that, that double feature all through late 80s, early 90s. I'm going to pen yeah. a letter to our local drive-in theatre. <laughs> our local Yatla drive-in. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Just typed in Yatla. But what a great double feature. They complement each other so well. And yes, def- yeah. you've definitely got um, themes of that 80s comedy horror in Little Shop. Actually, funny story, um, my mum told me way back when it was first released, uh, my, my dad and her went on a date and they were both big like horror fans and legitimately thought they were they're going for 
a night out to see a horror film <laughs> and then <laughs> two minutes into the musical are wondering why everyone's still singing. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's funny you should say that because the original film was much more horrific. horror. It was, it was kind of like Pulp Fiction horror. Mm. Uh, but then that was based, it's again, on a, uh, a novella uh, by Arthur C. Clarke in 1956 and which was again based on the on an hg wells story from uh which the was 1800s. based on which no, was no, no. based on oh, right. hg wells invented which was based science on the old fiction. testament which was based <laughs> but it was uh it started out as the the flowering of the strange orchid and then it was then it was called what was it called the reluctant orchid and then Ooh. it was a little shop of horrors <laughs> i like the reluctant orchid it's the like reluctant orchid. shall i eat that human the reluctant yeah. orchid sounds like uh, a period a period piece set in the American South about about <laughs> about a, a, a lady it's a coming of age. Yeah, it's a coming story. of age. A lady who maybe just isn't quite ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that uh, the remake of the film had a pretty stellar cast: uh, Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, mm. Vincent Gardenia, uh, Steve Martin. Um, and of course, uh, it was pretty rare and special for Ellen Green to have. Um, created that character on stage and then carried it through with that remake. Um, I mean, she is always going to be the Audrey in my mind. I think mm, definitely the biggest too. and most iconic yeah. role she's ever... I compare yeah. everyone I see against her as well. I'm like, mm, no, not as good. Mm. But you also have... Uh, did you mention Audrey too? No. Who was that? Levi that Stubbs. Levi Stubbs. Yeah, the voice of my, Audrey my. And Again, they also that's had... always going to be yeah. my Audrey too. And it, film version. It's easy to forget too, but there were like cameos from John Candy and Bill Murray in the in scenes in the dentist office and and, uh, and Belushi. Yes. Yeah. 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 So actually, a huge cast, and I think uh, it was definitely a catalyst for a lot of those um, performers. Like they, you started to see them more and more in films soon after that. So. Yeah, momentum picked up pretty quickly for this show after it had been converted for the stage. Um, in the space of about five years, it went from off off Broadway mm. all the way through to the to a film to that Remake. film. Yeah. So it's crazy. Fun fact: you want to know a fun, fun fact? Fun facts about <gasps> Little Shop of Horrors. So the film originally had a twenty-three minute finale, <laughs> <laughs> which was based on the musical's ending, um, but it was rewritten and reshot after audiences at the preview screenings did not react positively. Yeah, they, they yeah. didn't want Audrey. Yeah. To die. They didn't want the sad ending. But if you buy the DVD now, mm-hmm. it is available. It, it's not finished. It's still mostly black and white yeah. and cut poorly. But it's there. And it's yeah. like a like Godzilla-esque ending yeah. Audrey where Audrey ends up like smashing through the, <laughs> the city, city. <laughs> down the street after having eaten everybody. Mm. Uh, but that, that version also didn't have a Mean Green Mother in it, which is what? not in yeah. the stage show. That was written just for the film. So we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's about... That's about it for now. Yeah, all right. Um, there was another big production in 2003. That, that was the Broadway restaging, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that was the so revival, yeah. It, this was when it actually got to Broadway yeah. for the first time. was 2003. But it was uh, reorchestrated? They had a, they had a massive um, 
massive budget. They did a tryout before and then basically entirely recast it between the tryout and the Broadway opening. Um, something obviously wasn't going right there. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, completely recast it, tried it again. Um, it opened on Broadway and there was this whole confusion about the Tony Awards involved with that because it it had never been eligible for the Tonys previously in its original yeah. production because it wasn't on Broadway, it was off-Broadway. <gasps> and then it did West End and then it did the film and... So but when it, it came wasn't back, original either. But when it came back to Broadway, yeah. it was a revival. So they, they ended up in the revival category, despite the fact they had never been eligible for the original <laughs> category. They sort of missed um, out. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, what a shame. What that is a shame because, you know, otherwise we could be talking about the millions of Tonys that they won. Mm. Which they should have. They Which they should have. have. <laughs> and they, and they probably have, and they could should've. have, except mm. that there was that thing about I don't want the show in a big theatre, which I, I think must have been... Um, a difficult decision for the producers to take yeah. from the writer. For the writer to say, I don't want it to be a bigger, more successful show. I want it to stay where it's well, true just, to its form. Just for your uh, interest, that year, uh, 1982... So the, that would have been its Tony year if This it would was. have been its mm-hmm. Tony year. Uh, the winner was nine, um, oh. but also... In the in category, there were Dream Girls, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, <laughs> and Pump Boys and Danettes. So it would have been oh, Pump Boys and Danettes. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. What? Is what? That? <laughs> well, the other shows would have been yeah. tough competition. Um, <laughs> so nine won. Dream Girls lost down to nine, which I'm shocked at. I'm shocked at that too. But Little Shop of Horrors that that's it, oh, yeah. yeah. I think it would. I would have. Won. I don't know. I don't know. Had all my votes. Nothing well, yes, it would have our votes, but we have <laughs> we have the, the the luxury of having grown up with it. And yes. It's actually part of our musical theatre education. Just saying. I have seen it in, for like, for our Queensland listeners, I have seen it in QPAC, so a bigger venue, and then I have seen it again at somewhere like Phoenix, which is a very, very tiny venue. Less than 100 seats. Much less than 100 seats. And I liked it more... In the, uh, in the smaller in the small in, space. Yeah, because yeah, like yeah. the plant is huge in a small space, yeah. but when well, you're when stuck they, up the back of when they moved the production to, in 2003 to the bigger Broadway theatre, they just had to make Audrey a lot Jagged. bigger, and that's where we she started loses, seeing you the, lose the heart of her a little you bit. Do, I you think, and because she is this damsel, and she is this like picture of a broken woman. Yeah, but uh, there's got to be a bit of heart in there yeah. uh, for it to be. For you to care about her when she's getting yeah. slurped up by a yeah, plant. and I think it um, loses a lot of its charm when you make the cast bigger to fill the stage yeah. And, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's all right, nice. okay. Well, let's uh, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back and we will talk through the plot of Little Shop of Horrors. What's Little Shop of Horrors about? Bit of this, bit of that. Shall I tell you what these, this and that's are? Oh, I think that's what the audience is expecting. <laughs> Let's give it to them. Maybe the audience should do their own homework. <laughs> 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 no, the audience doesn't have homework. Oh, that's just their me. Their homework is listening to ah, the podcast. Ah, right. So it starts off, cast your minds to a, a street, a downtrodden street in Skid Row. 
In the 1960s, we see street urchins named Crystal, Ronette and Chiffon, arguably some of the best characters in the show. <laughs> they set the scene um, and comment on what basically what's happening throughout the entire show. There's they're a great chorus. There they are. And there's not a lot of scenes that they're not in, which is why I think they'd be awesome to play. Um, Seymour Krellborn is a poor young man, an orphan in urban Skid Row. So he works for Mr. Mushnik, which is the cranky old um, florist Florist shop? Is that a word? Is that is that a thing? Yeah. Florist? Yeah, florist shop. Or is it just a flower shop? Oh, God, whatever. Florist. <laughs> um, in on in there is Audrey. Is a pretty – what would you call her? I would call her quite frail. I think of her as frail as a character. I think she's worn. She's worn damaged. Out. Yeah. <laughs> That's a way to describe her. Worn. Um, worn down. Beaten, yeah. Beaten life. down. Yeah. yeah, she's got this fashion sense that kind of like heads towards a bit OTT. Like think leopard trampy. print. Yeah, trampy leopard yeah. print with a with a delightful scarf as your sling because your boyfriend's beating the crap out of you again. <laughs> um, so they <laughs> lament their stations in life um, and everything that's around them basically, how poop it is to be in Everyone Skid Row. Everyone is, who is in Skid Row wants to get out of Skid yeah. Row. Um. So um, Seymour recently went down to, is it Chang's Flower Shop? Mm-hmm. Goes down to Flying Chang's Flower Shop. All of a sudden there is a total eclipse of the sun. Bing! And a plant mysteriously appears. It kind of looks like an oversized Venus flytrap. Um, while he's browsing, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take that. And direct quote. <laughs> and the man sells it to him anyway. Um, all, all meanwhile, he takes it back to the shop. Seymour is like secretly pretty hard up for Audrey, his co-worker, and he names this weird-looking plant Audrey Two in her honor. Subtle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna name it Audrey Two. No reason. Just really like it. <laughs> I mean, the audience can't see the face that you're doing. They can hear it. <laughs> Zane, I'm a brilliant actor. They can hear it. Not. The plant is not not loving it in its new home and it looks like it's dying. Seymour questions why it should be doing so bad since um, he's taken pretty good care of it. He's given it sunlight. He's given it... Plant food. Plant food. He's given it everything it needs. Water. Um, and Dirt. then, yeah. are you singing the song in your head too? Yes, I am. Yeah, <laughs> um, he accidentally pricks his finger on a rose thorn, which draws blood, and Audrey Two's pod opens thirstily. I always find it creepy that little noise the plant makes. I'm, uh, I'm sure everyone loved us all <laughs> making that noise into the microphone. You're welcome, guys. Seymour realises that Audrey too requires blood to survive and allows the plant to suckle from his finger, which is kind of gross. Um, Audrey too grows. It becomes an attraction and starts generating brisk business for Mushnik. Um, as a caretaker of the plant, the timid Seymour is suddenly regarded as a hero. 
While Audrey secretly longs to leave her abusive boyfriend, her dreams to lead an ideal suburban life with Seymour, complete with a tracked home, frozen dinners and plastic on the furniture. She's... She's hating on the boyfriend but is trapped in every kind of domestic un- well, No, she, she, she thinks she needs to have a boyfriend because otherwise she'll never well, have that, that life. And it's the 60s, so... Kind of says it all, really. Well, maybe we should talk about the boyfriend for a little bit. Who's the boyfriend? We, yeah, why not? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Plant's doing well, Mushnik is looking great, and then we meet um, Orange, I can't say his last name. Scrivello. Scrivello. Orange. He... Did you say Oren or Orange? Oren. I heard orange. Scrivello. I said orange Scrivello. Like he's the normal colour. <laughs> <laughs> so Oren is um, a sadistic dentist because what better uh, of a job for okay. someone? One moment. I don't think you need to specify a sadistic dentist. All dentists are sadistic. Which is exactly what I was just about to say. <laughs> oh, good. Well, mm. I'm glad we agree. Um, and he is abusive towards Audrey as well, which is sad, sad face. Um, modelled after, which I do love this little bit because I always think about this, it's, he's kind of modelled after leader of the pack characters from the 1950s. Um, Oren drives a motorcycle, wears leather and enjoys bringing other people pain. <laughs> Fun times. And is a, addicted to nitrous. Nitrous, Yes. Nitrous oxide? What is it called? Nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide. Loves Mm, it. What a useful plot point that is. (laughs) (laughs) Loves a little sniffle of the nitrous oxide. So um, he encourages – so he meets Seymour and encourages Seymour to take the plant and get out of Skid Row, realising that his store's sudden profitability is completely dependent on that plant. Mushnik takes advantage of Seymour's innocence by offering to adopt him and make him a full partner in a business, which leads to a really super cute song. Um, it's one of my faves. It's so cute. However, Seymour is having difficulty providing enough blood to keep Audrey too healthy. When Seymour stops feeding the plant, Audrey too reveals that it can speak. It demands blood and promises that um, if fed... Must be blood. If fed... Must be fresh. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it will make sure that all of Seymour's dreams come true. Seymour initially refuses, but then he's like... You know what? Don't love that dentist guy. Might knock him off. Does that. Then um, is like, yeah, that's fine because he's a mean person. I'll chop him up and feed him to the plant. Yay! (laughs) It's not quite like that. It doesn't so easily give in, but... Oh, it's within, like, one or two scenes, so, yeah, he does. (laughs) He's quite convinced. (laughs) Um, Well, like all things that happen in a musical... It happens during a song. Yes, exactly. Um, He sets up a late-night appointment with the dentist intending to kill him. Um, However, Seymour actually loses his nerves and is like, oh, I can't do it because I'm a wuss wuss. Um, (laughs) And again, direct quote. (laughs) Murder is something you can just wuss out of. Um, Unfortunately for Oren, who's getting high on nitrous oxide, um, it gets stuck. And it gets stuck on the on position. And so, he, so he has a special mask yes. to make him high without yes. giving his patients any pain relief at all. Yes, exactly. So his special mask is usually either a, like a, a little face mask on not just your nose and your mouth, but often always a giant head thing, which kind of looks really odd. But he gets stuck in it, dead, 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 dead. Amazing. <laughs> Act two. <laughs> 
<laughs> the flower. Oh, okay, dead, 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 dead. Seymour then takes the body, cuts it up, yeah. feeds it to the plant. Our listeners know that. They're clever. Once again, through song. Through <laughs> Well, what's through really sort of a playoff? A playoff and some paranoia on Seymour's and behalf. And some nice munching sound effects. Just some evil it. laughter. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, the flower shop, act two. Flower shop, soups busy. Like... <laughs> Seymour and Audrey just cannot keep up with all the orders, which leads to some really cute songs with phones involved, which looks like a nightmare to choreograph, but so much fun to do. Um, It's it's a confusing one to to sing because there's so much going on. Right, Lauren? Yeah, remembering which conversation you're having in which phone. In which phone. And also right. just basic things like right. how to pick up a telephone and hold I it to your face. I hated that You loved it. You loved it. Okay, I'd like the two of you to reenact it now. I'm sure you remember it all. I remember none of the words. <laughs> I don't think Twelve I remembered that at the it. time. So, <laughs> someone was feeding me the lyrics through the <laughs> telephones as I was holding them to my ears. It added to the manic nature of it. It was fantastic. Um, uh, then Audrey admits to Seymour that she kind of feels a little bit guilty about Oren's disappearance because she secretly wished it. And then the two of them kind of just spill the guts to each other about how much they actually really do feel. Um, Seymour promises that he will protect and care for Audrey from now on and the two plan to leave together and start a new life. Although Seymour mistakenly attributes Audrey's feelings to his newfound fame, not realising that she loved him even before he found the plant because he's a little silly like that and self-deprecating. Before they head off... Mushnik confronts Seymour about Oren's death. Mushnik has put two and two together. The bloody dentist's uniform, the drops of blood on the floor, and he's seen Seymour and Audrey kissing. He's like, oh, something smells fishy. Seymour's like, nah, nah, bro, didn't kill Oren. But Mushnik wants to give him... No, incorrect. Mushnik wants him to give a statement to the police who have begun investigating. Audrey too tells Seymour that he has to be rid of Mushnik or he will lose everything, including Audrey. Little spots. Mm. Little spots on the linoleum. <laughs> Little red spots. <laughs> it sounded very much like Macbeth just then. <laughs> Out damn spot. Seymour tells Mushnik that he put the day's receipts inside Audrey too for safekeeping. As you do. Oh, how horrible. Rookie, I didn't ever realise this before. And then Mushnik climbs inside the plant's gaping, gaping jaw um, to search for the money, realising the deception too late and screams as he's devoured. I've seen this play like so many times and never realised that's how that happened. <laughs> I always find it quite like a pantomime moment. Like, he's yeah. behind. <laughs> like, way, he's what? going to Is it in further? <laughs> Even further? <laughs> Walking down the stairs into the planet. Yeah, depending on the budget of the show, yeah. you're like literally inside the planet this day. <laughs> well, Seymour um, now takes over the flower shop and reporters and salesmen and lawyers and agents approach him, um, which is where my favourite song comes in, FYI for later, promising him <laughs> fame and fortune. Um, although tempted by the trappings of success, Seymour realises that it's only a matter of time before Audrey too will kill again and that he is morally responsible. He considers destroying the plant but believing that his fame is the only thing uh, keeping Audrey, uh, Audrey's love for him, he, he just can't do it. No, no chances. As Seymour works on his speech uh, for a lecturing tour, Audrey too again scores for blood. 
Seymour threatens to kill it just as Audrey walks in asking when Mushnick will return from visiting his sick sister. (coughs) (laughs) Seymour learns that Audrey would still love him without fame and decides that Audrey too must die after the scheduled Life magazine interview at the shop. Audrey is confused and frightened by Seymour's ramblings, but she runs home by his order. That night, Unable to sleep and distressed by Seymour's strange behaviour, Audrey goes to the flower shop to talk with him. He is not there and Audrey too begs her to water him. Not sensing the danger, she approaches to water it and the vines wrap around her and pull her into the plant's mouth. That's pretty much what she says too. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Seymour arrives and attacks the plant in an attempt to save Audrey. He pulls her out, but Audrey is done for. Dead, 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 done for. She's still got a song in her though. She does. She dies in his arms and reluctantly honours, and he reluctantly, I can't say Reluctantly honours her wishes. Honours her request. Seymour falls asleep as Audrey too grows small red flower buds. <gasps> Cuteness. Little something, something I've never seen. The next day, Patrick Martin from the World Botanical Enterprises tells Seymour that, that his company wishes to take leaf cuttings of Audrey too and sell them across America. <gasps> Sounds like a super bad idea, guys. Seymour. I mean, only if this plan is like eating people. I mean, I guess they don't know that. <laughs> Seymour realises that the plant is evil. Okay. Has he only just realised no. this? After Actually, this? Seymour realises <laughs> the plant's evil plan. Yeah. During yeah. a solar eclipse, Audrey 2 came from an unknown planet to conquer Earth. He tries shooting, cutting and poisoning the plant, but it has... Grown too hardy to kill. Seymour, in desperation, runs into its open jaws with a machete, planning to kill it from the inside, but he quickly is eaten. Patrick, Crystal, Ronette, and Chiffon search for Seymour, not finding him. Patrick tells the girls to take the cuttings. Bomb, bomb. Crystal, Ronette, and Chiffon relate that the following. Relate that. Following these events, other plants appeared across America, tricking innocent people into feeding them blood in exchange for fame and fortune. Out of the fog, Audrey too, bigger than ever, appears with opened new flowers, revealing the faces of Seymour, Audrey, Mushnick and Oren, who beg that no matter how persuasive the plants may be, they must not be fed. Don't feed the plants! Audrey too slithers towards the audience threateningly <laughs> um, in some and only some. Depending on the, budget. <laughs> in the bigger productions, that the plant tentacles yeah, meant to, like, are like take so over the huge they actually oh, wow. reach into the audience. Yes, yeah. in the original off-Broadway production, plant tendrils fell all over the audience mm. as if each audience member were to be pulled in. While the Broadway production, a monstrously huge Audrey 2 was projected over the fifth row of the balcony seats as if it was to eat those audience members. That's kind of cool. It yeah. had like it had like 60 people operating it yeah, or something. It was, yeah. it was yeah, the size, 12 feet. The, like. the size of the actual stage. Hot there was a, uh, a production awesome. um, uh, in Brisbane quite some time ago. It was while I was at uni but I'd come home on holidays and um, my my sister was working on the show and I got sort of roped in to replace a crew member that wasn't going to do the last weekend or something. I can't even remember the circumstances. But it was my job at the end of the show to jump on the plant 
to make the tendrils move. So it was like a um, the base with all the extra tendrils was essentially a jumping castle. <gasps> so like one of those big when floppy, it kicked in, floppy guys. When it kicked in, it, it yeah. had some stage tendrils, but yeah. then right at the end of the finale, yeah. they'd turn it on and it'd go fill up with air, which unraveled the tendrils yes. from behind the set all over the stage, out over into the audience. And um, if it was my job to jump on the base at the back, which made all the tendrils jump up and down. How cool. It was really cool. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Oh, anyway. that's amazing. Well, guys, that's the plot. Good. Just, everyone dies in the end. Okay. Except in the movie where Seymour uh, Seymour rescues uh, Audrey from, from the pod, takes her outside, goes in for a final showdown. The he, sh- he shoots the plant and nothing happens and then the plant destroys the shop and he finds some electrical wires and zaps oh, the yeah. plant and the plant explodes. Yeah. And then After my- singing the song. Duh. Yeah. And then he and Audrey move to their perfect little house with the white picket fence. That they afford somehow. But I yeah, love- and then the last shot of the film is a tiny little plant in their like garden. A tiny little pink one. Tiny I- little Audrey too. I love... Musicals that don't have that traditional happy ending. Yeah. Love them. It's just so refreshing. Well, you miss out on, on the Some last death song. is just so refreshing sometimes. <laughs> Some people who only know it from the movie, though, are mm. shocked, when, are they shocked <laughs> when they get to the actual end and yeah. they're like, wait, that's not what? <laughs> All right. So well, let's, uh, let's, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about all the songs that are in the show and some that are only in the movie, and some that are in neither. (laughs) Yay! Miranda, tell us about all the songs in Little Shop of Horrors. Well, there's some music in it. Um, There is? Yep. Yep. We can all verify that. Good old Alan Menken um, doing a beautiful job of recreating The Little Mermaid. Um, <laughs> not really. but just, um, just one of the songs. Yeah, well, there is There is a... Um, which one came first? He did this and then Mermaid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mermaid yeah. was like 89, so... Yeah. Mermaid was 89, yeah. And he refers to... Um, part of Your World. Part of Your World yeah. as the Little Mermaid's Somewhere, somewhere That's, that's wet, Oh, Somewhere That's Wet. What it's is, often yeah. affectionately called... <laughs> So they're very similar songs in their, let's say, chordal progression and melody. The words are slightly different. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the feeling is the same. So the show, as uh, Lauren mentioned before, has a real sort of doo-wop Motown slash rock and roll feel in the score. Um, some of the biggest known songs from the show would be Somewhere That's Green, uh, the beautiful Ellen Green rendition that is the way that song Yeah, that everyone expected. else tries yeah. to sing it. Uh, she's got this amazing blend of that sweet, thin voice and then this massive belt that just Schmalsy comes out of nowhere. 80s. Do you know why? Yeah. Do you know why? Why? She says in an interview that she's an alto and so majority of that show was quite hard for her. So all that beautiful top stuff is her kind of just letting letting go up into that head voice. And it's so pretty. She did such a good job. I think it suits the Audrey character so mm. much in, in her like if, extreme girliness. Exactly. Yeah. If and you it's go so back, frail. Yeah, yeah if you go yeah. back and listen to the um her versions of those songs, you can hear where she's comfortable. 
in yeah. that, in all that lower stuff. And then when she flips up and it's still so pretty, but it's like, yeah, go, girl, you got this. <laughs> Uh, the others, the other big ones are, um, would be Skid Row, which is the opening segment of the show where you meet all of the characters. No, no I can't do it. I can. <laughs> yeah, of course so you can. Good. It's written for a lady. And You're suddenly, not a lady? I'm not a lady. And suddenly Seymour, which is the, the duet with Seymour, um, in the second half where they reveal their love for one another. It's so amazing. Um, the other big number that people who know the show from the film version would say the next big number would probably be Mean Green Mother, Ooh. which was written for the film. Not what I thought you were going to say. Wait, have you mentioned Feed Me? No. <gasps> or the prologue? I thought you were going to say Dentist. We'll get to it. Yeah, that's the mean. Like, we'll get pretty much to every it. song in this show is very memorable. Yes, it is. They're all bangers, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, look, Callback in the Morning can go. (laughs) We can get rid of that one. No, it's great. So um, just quickly before we we talk through what's in and what's out, um, the original orchestrations were for a very small cast, a small band, the Off-Broadway, and they stayed that way for a very long time. It wasn't really until they moved into the Broadway later season in in 2003 or whenever it was um, that they re-orchestrated and made it a lot bigger. They added it in wind and brass and all sorts of stuff. But um, the resulting sound is that it's it's really um, rhythm section uh, Heavy. driven. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, drum and bass in there and it gives it that real sort of soul band feel. Mm, rocky feel. Yeah. Real funky. Yeah, real funky. <laughs> um, and it... It wasn't a sound that was being used very much, particularly once we started getting yeah. into about the 80s. Um, and we were getting things from, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber that were doing amazing and the biggest orchestrations in the world. Nine. Yeah, well, nine <laughs> was pretty... Dreamgirls was. Dreamgirls, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was an interesting sound and I'm glad that it kept that. When you... When you license the show now, you have an option of two orchestrations. and The original one, which is quite small, and then the uh, later one, which is a little bigger, but then that Broadway version would have been bigger again. Anyway, let's move on talk about some other stuff, shall we? The songy songs. So uh, the trio of Chiffon, Crystal and Ronette are based on the Chiffons or the Ronettes. Or the crystals, the crystals, <laughs> or the Supremes, yeah. uh, which would be the probably best known of uh, trio of that genre, um, and they really fit that mold vocally. Their vocal harmonies are amazing. Mm. They're beautifully written. They must be incredibly difficult to learn. They're close harmonies, but yes. they all every single harmony in that show makes sense. So when you're trying to learn it, you're like, yeah, it makes yeah, sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's not just written in thirds or no. anything. It's yeah, um, a very complex uh, sound, which is kind of contrasting to the very sort of simple mel- melodies of, um, I was going to say Ellen Green, but she does have a character name, of um, Audrey. And even Seymour's got, you know, quite simple melodies, yes, really. Yes, yeah, all the way through. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then... The Audrey 2 has got this real kind of 
grand, grungy rock star kind of thing going on. In my head, I see Audrey 2 as meatloaf. I don't know why. But I see it as meatloaf. And I think that's from I always Rocky imagine Horror. Audrey 2 as like a James Brown kind of genie. Like a, like a magical like James Brown. evil James Brown. <laughs> well, like, no, like a sex machine James Brown. Oh. Yeah? Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. uh, that's just how I imagine mm-hmm. Audrey 2 as a person. Yeah. So all of those things sort of if you meld them all together into a vocal style. Yeah. Audrey 2. <laughs> Ta-da. Um, so... The um, Audrey 2 and the trio of girls really work together mm. as far as the sound of the show. The girls really. sing with Audrey 2 almost half the time. Like Audrey 2's yeah. backup singers yeah. in a lot of the numbers. Uh, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but the trio are the only people that are aware of everything that's happening. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they really know that this plan ain't right. Yeah. Well... Yes they, and no. When they have their in-story characters yeah. and they have their Greek chorus characters. Yeah. They're the same characters, but they have parts where they take part in the story without that knowledge. Yeah. They're yeah. just sassy little urchins. Yeah. And, and then, then they, they have know. parts of the story where, yeah, they, they obviously mm. know. Commentate. They're because, the like, there are a number of times where they could have told Mushin and Kane, that plant's... Gonna eat <laughs> <laughs> they chose not to because yeah. he yells at them. Uh, so the show opens with the prologue. Um, this is the, the Supremes, let's call them for now, <laughs> the trio of girls, um, which goes pretty much straight into Skid Row. So there's a little bit of yeah. dialogue and business going on in there. Uh, Skid Row, also known as Downtown. My subway downtown. Uh, downtown also features a very uh, short little uh, bit by a drunken wino, mm. <laughs> which is played by the same uh, actor. If you go down to the very small original cast, the guy that plays Oren yeah. plays a whole lot of other things. Really? He, yeah. Well, he plays Including all the, all the, the wino in the beginning. Yeah, all I've the seen people that, that kind of come in yeah. to the agents, offer... offer yeah. Of a deal. What a great the role. End. No, yeah. I totally have seen all of that then, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, Dadu, which is Dadu. Dadu. The girls are singing back up while uh, Seymour tells the story of how he walked past the flower Audrey shop. Audrey too. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> followed by Grow for Me, Seymour serenading the plant um, when he's a tiny little sickly plant. And uh, also has the section just before the last um, verse where he pricks his finger and and discovers means I want some blood. Followed by You Never Know. Uh, which is mainly the girls but also features Mushnik and Seymour. That song was taken out for the film but then rewritten as Some Fun Now, which yeah. the girls Some perform on the top of the, the building, which I always always reminds me of the scene in Strictly Ballroom. Where yes, they're dancing. very yes. much so. Yeah. Um, so it's a very similar song and uh, the one in the show does include a, like, a section of some fun now, but it's it's quite different. It's short. Some it's fun just now kinda, is super it's just short. kind of a and montage. It's, it's yeah. kind of like they're doing good now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, somewhere this green Audrey's sitting on a trash can, having a little. Me, me, I wish I was in a better place and I wasn't being treated like shit. Uh, very <laughs> famous song. Listen to it. You'll enjoy it. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> Followed by Closed for Renovation, which is not in the film. So if you only know it from the film, you wouldn't, mm. you wouldn't know this one. Say goodbye to. <laughs> well, and they did. For the I film. don't know it that well. And they probably did it, it for good reason. But there... I feel like there are some numbers in the musical which are part of the storytelling that you just didn't need in the film. I also think there are some songs in here that are strictly to cover stage things happening. <laughs> I was about to say, and so while, while plants are being replaced and yes, set being yeah. changed well, inside. Closed for renovation and... is literally we've closed the shop because we're renovating it inside. It's a scene change yeah. Yeah. that we need We need to get for. a bigger plant in there without you seeing <laughs> Yeah. Great job. <laughs> yep. Best way to do it. Um, so they close the store. Seymour, Audrey and Mushnick basically sing at everybody saying we're closed for renovation because things are going great now. We've got some money to spend on everything. This is followed by Dentist, the introduction of Oren, uh, with backup but provided by the girls. Yeah, and the girls sing quite happily with him yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, like they, where the urchins don't get along with him, the when they're the Greek chorus, they do. Yeah, because, great fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's followed by his entrance into into the show and in, into the storyline. And that's the unveiling of the bigger plan because yes. he goes in and says, let's have a look. Wow. And there is the next size up Audrey too. <laughs> Uh, this is followed by Mushnik and Son, another one that isn't in the film. Uh, that's a, a, actually a storyline that was removed from the film mm. where um, Mushnik, the owner of the flower shop, basically uh, offers to adopt Seymour now that Seymour's famous and getting rich. Well, just to kind of make good his hold on, on the plant. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so to stop Seymour from going anywhere... And taking the plant with him, he convinces him that he loves him like a father and uh, he's going to adopt him. That's, so that's what Mushnik and Son is about. It's, um, it's a, a little bit of a like Fiddler on the Roof number. That's how I feel about it. It very much is. And it it's, follows the, it's the, if the, the name old of Jewish the owner style. doesn't give you a hint. Yeah, yeah, yeah lots of fist shaking. And yeah, yeah. Uh, this is followed by Sudden Changes, which is uh, just um, uh, the lead-in to Feed Me. It's a very yeah. short little segment. It's just, it's just kind of a little moment. It really kind of brings the energy down. After Mushnik and Sun. After Mushnik yeah. and Sun. And it's just Seymour kind of reflecting on what's happened and how everything's really good now. And then the plant talks. What is that melody from? Because I'm dating a semi. The same as the opening of Somewhere That's Green. There you go. Oh, they share so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is followed by Feed Me. This is arguably almost my favourite song in the show. This is this, this is the song. I when I auditioned for Feed Little Shop, I auditioned with no. this song because I did it. I used to do it at karaoke, sing both parts, and just do it. And then I would I would do the Oren and and the Audrey bits in the middle. Yep, that's what I would do. That's that's a little insight into Zane at karaoke. So what you're telling me is that you and I could do this whole show just together. I'm surprised just we haven't already, cast. Julie. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, put it on the on ice for now, and uh, we'll come back to it. So this is the first time we hear Audrey to speak. 
in the scene and pretty much go straight into this song. Uh, it's Audrey too finally cracking and going, look, your tiny little, you know, bricks on your finger isn't going to do it anymore. I need a lot more. And cue convenient entrance of Oren coming in, treating, yeah. the, you know, Audrey badly. Uh, and by the end of the song, Audrey too has convinced Seymour. He's got to die. He's got to die. It's and gotta if he's got to die... May as well give me something. <laughs> yeah. um, incidentally, Feed Me is uh, subtitled Git It. Not Get It. G-I-T. Get it. Get, get it. it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. And that's really where like the rocky sound of the sh- I think when Audrey 2 starts talking, that's where the real yeah. dirty rock sound starts coming <laughs> yeah. into it. And the, it takes the, a turn for the worse. The kit really kicks in at mm. that point. Yep. Um, cool. So after that is now, it's just the gas. So uh, Seymour's trying to convince himself, I have to do this now, I have mm. to kill him. He's lying in the dentist chair, he's got the gun and uh, Oren leaves the scene momentarily so he starts singing to convince himself. It's definitely the hardest song in the show. Which alternates with Oren singing, uh, it's just the gas. Uh, so he's uh, basically dying from overdoing it a little bit. Um, he starts by saying, you know, it, it may seem like <laughs> I'm not in trouble. It may seem I'm like laughing, I'm enjoying but this. I'm going to die. But I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. So it's just the gas making me act like that's not a problem. But really, you could help me out, man. And it's see really fun doesn't. to listen to, though. He's, well, that's where yeah. his like, creepy little demonic laugh comes in. You're like, yeah. oh. Um, Which is followed by the feeding of Oren to Audrey too, um, accompanied by the beautiful sounds of the girls singing a little more. Uh, Cool. Then we have Interval. Call Back in the Morning is the opening of (laughs) Act 2, another song that you will not see in the film. Uh, This is the one with the phones going back and forth that we were talking about before. Um, Its purpose is to show you the new set, to use it a lot and to reintroduce the everything is going so well, everything we've ever wanted is together in one place and the plant has literally taken over. Uh, this is followed by Suddenly Seymour. Suddenly Seymour. Suddenly Seymour. <laughs> Seymour and Audrey's duet uh, with Backup by the Girls again. Uh, it's a great number. I love that number. I personally love that number. Which one? Suddenly Seymour. Oh, right. Yeah. Checking. And this is the point where we, we really, like, you you get to see that the Audrey character just explode into positivity and it's really lovely to see. You fall in love with her at that well, point because, if you haven't already. Because as much as she's feeling apprehensive or guilty that Oren is gone and, or dead, mm. she's free. Yeah. She's then she can be with her man. It's a big step up for Seymour as well. Like he, he yeah. actually bites the bullet and steps up and confesses feelings and yeah. it's a major shift. I feel like they both just that song is them both confessing their insecurities to each other and it's beautiful and amazing mm. and it should yeah. be done more often. Yeah. <sighs> and the kiss at the end. Yeah. Uh, this is followed by Supper Time. <laughs> mm, yeah. 
This is where the plant takes the villain turn. Yeah. Oh, the beginning of this song, just like the first two bars, they're just mm, like melty and amazing. Do it, Zane, do it, Zane, do it, Zane, do it, Zane. No, I've got to pay attention. I'm not going to do it. Too rude. So rude. Uh, so Audrey 2 is singing to Seymour in a kind of uh, the voice inside his head kind of way. It's that point at which you start to think, is the plant real? Yeah. Talking it's to him or is Seymour just mad? It's yeah. creepy, creepy. And there, there was a recent production that really played on that. Yeah. Um, to it Australia. Mm. I, I don't know whether that when was When he provided the, the, the voice for both. Yeah, so Seymour it. was voicing really the Brent plant. Hilt. Brent yeah. Hilt. Yeah, I saw that one. So they, they really went with that actually. The voice of the plan is inside Seymour's head and it's all... <laughs> that song is also where, like, Mushnik speaks from the plan as well mm. by that time, which is... Well, this is when... Soup's creepy. Mushnik gets eaten. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so happening throughout that song is a bunch of dialogue between Seymour and Mushnik uh, where Seymour convinces him to look inside the plant for the monies that I left there. Uh, <laughs> the most stupid thing I ever. I just left the takings in the plant. Yeah, I did. Um, and ends with the eating of Mushnik. The meek shall inherit, <gasps> which I think... It's sh- my favourite. Um, there's a version of it in the movie. It's like background it's, music. Yeah, yeah, but it's not... Cut. It's not Very the same. It's yeah. so, like, for the girls, that's one of their closest, like, tightest harmonies, and it's so cute. Well, they're, they're, their roles... Get, they have a big shift throughout the whole show. So they start as their little dirty urchins where they're all a bit kind of like, oh, yeah, huh, huh, yeah, huh. And they get more sophisticated throughout the whole yeah. thing. And their harmonies do as well. Yeah. It's, it's great. Very complete. But also we lose, we lose a few of the extra, um, the, those cameo characters that the Oren actor often plays. They get lost in the movie as well because yeah. that song yeah. disappears. So you don't get... They're there but they're just in scene yeah, they don't yeah. sing. Yeah. It's not really fleshed out sing. very well. Yeah. Uh, so that is uh, a sort of another, I guess you'd call it a montage. Yeah, it's, it's a montage of like now that Mushnik's gone, uh, Seymour doesn't really know what to do because everyone is like, take this, do this, take this, do yeah, this. Yeah, be on TV and here's another Is that and... also another place where the plant gets bigger inside the florist? Well, the plant gets bigger every time you eat somebody. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's followed by Somenex, or the Supper Time Reprise, if you will. And this is Audrey um, going in to see Audrey 2. Being tricked by the plant. Being tricked by the plant. Um, silly, she silly. gets attacked. This followed after um, Seymour enters and Audrey gets dragged out of the plant in her half-dead state. She sings a reprise of Somewhere That's Green, um, convinces Seymour to feed her to the plant, which he does. Uh, and then the plant... Gets really big and takes over, ha ha! And we get the uh, finale ultimo. Oh, don't feed the plants. So the girls come in. They they uh, start the song off with the story of how this happened everywhere and what happened after it. Mm. They literally tell the audience the lesson of the show. And then all the of the cast sing from from the far reaches of their own death. Um, but you shouldn't puppets. feed the plants. Don't do it. Don't do it. So good. So they go, and then that's that's, 
the end. The finale oh, ultimate is obviously the end. Uh, so the revival in 2003 was pretty faithful to that, though it did um, expand the title song, changed up You Never Know, added in the radio introduction in that scene, yep. um, revised the, a few things um, and added in an on-track before yeah. Call Back in the Morning. Um, also increased the size of the band. The cast album of that production included demo recordings of five songs that were cut during the development process of the musical when it was originally being done. So they're included on that recording as bonus material and I have never heard any of these songs. So I'm going to have to look this up and Have you not got the album? I don't have the 2003 album. I do not. Uh, So they were a little dental music. (laughs) The Worse He Treats Me, which... I don't know why I'm thinking very much Greece. Like there are worse things I <laughs> could do. Uh, we'll have tomorrow. Bad, probably not the Michael Jackson version. No, it definitely was. And I found a hobby. Oh my! Um, bad. Bad is kind of. Mean Green Mother from Outer Space before Mean Green Mother from Outer Space was what it was. I think they really took bad and turned it into Mean Green Mother to put it into the movie. Right. Ah, right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, the Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, Mean Green Bad. Yeah. There you go. Uh, That was the upbeat alternate ending used for the theatrical cut of the feature film. Yeah. And it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song, Academy 1986. Award. Oh, because, yeah, because the others weren't original. It was the only original movie. That's why they put it in, of course, to get it to see if he could get Oscar. Good one, guys. Also yeah. because they needed something to put in there for the plant. I mean, I they, they At that did. point. Yeah. If they weren't going to use the finale that says don't eat the plants because we all died, then you've yeah. got to throw something else in. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll allow it. Good one, so, guys. Lauren, mm. if you had to pick one song from this show to delete from exa- no, which oh, was your favorite? Was like, Where did this come from? <laughs> oh, I think you know. Uh, I think just for the uh, for the character development and the introduction of the character, I really love Dentist. Yeah, and I really love Oren's songs when he's dying. Um, but as far as like toe tapping good times like skid row in the prologue always yeah. get me skid yeah. row yeah. skid row or oh, the meek no. shall inherit for me mm. just because all, all 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 of the all the different singers in that just like it's just great songs really good songs what yeah. about you julie um the, the same i adore meek shall inherit and love it so hardcore miranda daddy <laughs> daddy fair enough Good. All right. That's songs. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. Everyone's been in this musical. That's a lie. No one's been in this musical. I'm going to start first with the iteration that introduced myself to this musical, which is the movie. The film. The film. The film. So Levi Stubbs, as we've discovered, was Audrey 2, the voice of Audrey 2 in the movie and is my Audrey too. Rick Moranis was Seymour Crowborn. Uh, Ellen Green, of course, we've Seymour spoken about already. Um, was Audrey. Vincent Gardenia was Mushnik. Steve Martin was Oren Scrivello, yes, DDS. Tachina Arnold was Crystal. Michelle Weeks was Renette. And Tisha Campbell-Martin was Chiffon. Uh, Jim Belushi, John Candy, Christopher Guest and Bill Murray were... 
several other people were the people coming in, were in the dentist office, etc., etc., etc. So it got a rather highfalutin cast for that time. Mm. Now, the original off-Broadway cast. I don't know many of these names, so please let me know if you do. Oh, I know one. Ellen well, Green. Ellen Green, yes. Ellen Green is Audrey. <laughs> we we have discussed that. Uh, Lee Wilkoff was Seymour Krelborn and Hi Ansel was Mr. Mushnick. Yep. Um, Crystal, Chiffon and Renette were Jennifer Lee Warren, Marlene Danielle and Sheila K. Davis, respectively. Oh, so famous. Marlene Danielle, do we get to count her? Well, look, she was weeks. replaced uh, by Leilani Jones. After two weeks. Maybe it was... Out of a five-year run. Maybe it was a health issue. No, but I'm saying if we're going to talk about who did the show... Maybe she had a fart attack and had to leave. You don't know. I don't know why you would bring that up. fart attack. Audrey 2 was Ron Taylor and Oren Scrivello et al because of seven different characters was Frank Luz. Oren, narrator, why no? Why no number two? Radio announcer, <laughs> Bernstein, Mrs. Luz, and Skip Snip, and Patrick Martin. Fun. So, 1983 West End had Barry James as Seymour and Ellen Green reprising the role as Audrey. Now, <laughs> Ellen Green just spent her life doing she's this. She's latched on. She's just, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's still doing I'm this. I'm not going to hold somewhere. it against her. I'm not going to hold it against her at all. I think that's great because she's perfect. <laughs> Uh, so then the 2003 tryout and Broadway. Uh, so we have a number of new names, but they all kind of changed when they went into Broadway, as we've discussed before. Uh, we don't have Ellen Green as Audrey. We have <gasps> Carrie Butler as Audrey. Mm, that was excellent. Eventually. Oh, she's good. Way. I mean, a very different, a very different Audrey, but I think she what put a fantastic spin on it. Well, we okay, so that's here. on Broadway. Let's... Uh, so let's let's say uh, the original tryout was Hunter Foster and Alice Ripley as, oh. as the leading pair. Oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yes. then it was Hunter Foster and Kerry Butler. Incorrect. With with Bartlett as Mush, uh, Rob Bartlett as Mushnick, uh, Douglas Stills as Oren, and Michael Leon Woolley as the voice of Audrey too. Um, now so- they they only mention Chiffon, not. Any of the, not either of the others, um, oh. and her name is Dequina Moore. Do we know Dequina Moore? Dequina Moore. Well, nah. we do now. She played Chiffon in the two thousand three She, she did, and she's the only noted character. Well, in two thousand four national tour, Anthony Rapp was Seymour. Oh no, oh, I don't like that. Tari Kelly is Audrey, as Audrey, and uh, Lenny Wolpe as Mushnick. Now. <clears throat> Encores, 2015. Woo. What is Encores? Encores is a is three performance encore staging. Here's okay. a little something something for you because we know you miss it. We we oh. spoke about it in that one Sunday in the Park with George, where we had Patty and Audrey McDonald. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. In this one. For Little Chop of Horrors, we have Jake Gyllenhaal and Ellen Green reprising the role again as Audrey. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's 
fair bit younger than <laughs> Ellen Green. A little bit. I have some yeah, questions about that production. <laughs> Ellen Green in Pushing Daisies, which was a good 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. She was quiet. She's getting on. She's playing a grandmother. I have questions. Look, the stage was obviously very far away. Uh, yeah. And Audrey, it's has, I mean, you can play Audrey she's as, a as quite older than Seymour, well, I think. Ellen Green I mean, will always be a rock hottie. And bod. She's yeah. still super foxy. Oh, absolutely. So that's all I'm going to do. Like I, there there aren't a lot of He could go on and on. And no, on. there are there are there are some tours of the Australian tour and, and what have you. Not nah, bad. But no, I think Ellen Page, not Ellen Page, Ellen <laughs> Uh, Elaine Page. Oh my God! Can you imagine Elaine Page and Jake Gyllenhaal? (laughs) All right, I've broken everything. Let's stop and we'll move on to our dream cast, shall we? Elaine Page. So, who should play Audrey in the dream cast? Elaine Page. Well, like, okay, first of all, though, but isn't there a, a, a proposed remake of the film? There the yes. is Rumors, a anyway. very disappointing proposed remake. There, there is. I haven't We've heard anything. About this before. I we haven't have. heard anything more about no, it. No, it's since gone then. quiet. So I think it's been. Well, it was only ever kind of like these two people are interested in doing it, and I was excited that it was happening with Josh Gad as Seymour. Josh Gad as Seymour is not mm. is not what not I have an, an issue, issue with. No, no. Rebel Wilson but, as Audrey, <laughs> and it's her it's her acting choices and style that I would and take voice. issue with. Yeah, look, because I I don't. Uh, Rebel Wilson is good at things. She's good at what she does. Uh, uh, she kind of just does the same thing. She's good over at that really again, annoying Australian friend. I would be. I'd be interested. Who's to see overconfident? Her. Yeah, I'd be interested to see her that vulnerable if she could do it. I just don't. I don't think I'd buy it. I think it yeah. would be too farcical and no. not have the heart that you'd no. want. Well, that's so. our nightmare cast. Let's talk about our dream <laughs> cast. Um, oh, as Oren, I would like to see Zac Efron. Yep. As Oren. Wow. Yes. yes. Yeah. As the dentist. Yep. He's currently filming um, a movie about Ted Bundy. So I now believe he can definitely play evil. <laughs> All right. Oren's not evil. He's just misunderstood. I think he's a little evil. He, yeah. yeah. Look, Nathan Lane as Mr. Mushnick. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. Yep. I think that's an easy yes. No. Mushnick and Why? son. Yeah. Why? No. Just because I wanted to say no. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. Fine, I want Matthew Broderick as Mr. Mushnick. <laughs> you, Matthew Broderick as yep. Mr. Mushnick. I'm aging him up. He's Mr. Mushnick. Can he still walk? <laughs> no, babe. He's having issues, I think. Wait, I think you might be thinking of Michael J. Fox. No, I'm sure I'm not. No, Matthew Broderick's not well, is he? Oh. Anyway. Google's um, immediately Matthew Broderick. I had oh, a no. thought for Seymour. Um I don't know if he can sing, but you know Sheldon off the Big Bang Theory. He can sing. Oh, really? Yeah. He can sing and he can play the piano. He's a very talented. He's man. Someone that came to mind. Yeah, good call. I think he'd, as far as embodying Jim Parsons. Yeah. Jim Parsons, yes. yes. Yeah. I can see. Oh, yeah. you know who else can sing and and play the piano <laughs> off that show is um, the guy that plays Hot Dang It. Why do I always do this? Um, I, is that a character? No, <laughs> the guy that plays that guy that. The, the Indian one, the Jewish one, or the, the Jewish roommate? one, Wallowitz, the one that plays Wallowitz. I don't know his name. He in real life can sing and dance, and I think he would be a very fitting Seymour. You know who physically. I think should play Seymour? You, 
Hugh Jackman. No. No. I, no. No. I, that was no. a joke. That was a very funny no. joke that I made. It wasn't. Everyone's laughing out, out in podcast land. They're laughing how funny the joke I was made. That is not a funny um, joke. Audrey 2. This is where you can get creative. Audrey 2. I've said it before. Oh, she can't really sing though. Whoopi Goldberg, yes. I think, would be a very funny I Audrey too. Think I want to see uh, Titus Burgess because uh, yes, he would it's make a recurring a theme. I th- I think Titus I think Titus would be very funny as an Oren actually. Not not so much. I no. think Could, I think his no, Oren would be passable, no, but no. I think everything else that he does would be hilarious. I want him as one of the urchins instead. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. I want three versions of Titus Burgess as... Okay, so it'll be Titus Burgess, it would be Michael James Scott and it will be the other guy that plays the genie done. <laughs> Just the three genies? Yes. No. Three genies as... Sebastian and the two genies. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Casted it. Yeah. Except for Audrey. I think Audrey's the hard one to... Someone Audrey, what young about, and cute who's not what, annoying. What about... What, what about, about an, like no, an, no, we haven't mentioned her in a while. An Amy Adams... <laughs> Oh yeah. No, Sutton's getting a bit worn. <laughs> that's what. That's oh, what true. <laughs> I meant long in the tooth. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. I don't know. I'm just kind of sick of seeing her face. Well, that. But you started this podcast. <laughs> that's not. A, that's not a change. Anyway, moving on. Or um uh um Anna. Kendrick. Oh, no, 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 no. Karenina. <laughs> From Frozen. Not, oh. Oh, okay, so the Anna in Frozen. Yes. Whose name is Kristen, Kristen Bell. Bell. Kristen Bell. Thank Kristen you, Bell. Silent Observer. Yeah, I think that would be. I think yeah. she's a bit young, though. She's a bit cross She's not. Okay. She looks young, though. She's nah. uh, older than me. All right. <laughs> How about Meryl Streep as Audrey too? As Audrey, Audrey too? No. Yeah. I'm talking about Audrey. I'm talking about Audrey too. Oh, no, no I'm talking about Audrey. Put her in as Mrs. Mushnick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are we done? Yeah. I think no. that's a, um, she's out. She's dry. We haven't gotten to do Audrey. I did Audrey. not. Audrey too. Audrey too. I, Audrey too. I, I think that's a um, a good opportunity to move out of theatre circle and go with someone from the musical world, as in music recording mm. meatloaf world. There you go, meatloaf. Can't sing anymore. Doesn't matter. Does yeah, matter. it does. Well, Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> Near ah, feed me sing more. There must be. So many voices to choose from. All right, someone write in. Let us know who you want as Audrey too. Little Shop of Horrors has to belong on at least ten top five lists in the world. Top five puppet shows. That was what I was going to say. Top five what? Puppet Puppet shows. Sure, yeah. I think like top five... Trio ensembles, like yes. those three girls, man. Yeah. They, they carry it. They carry it. Um, definitely. Oh, maybe top five Greek choruses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Top five sci-fi horror musicals. This is the... Rocky Horror. There's two. We got two. <laughs> War of the Worlds. That's Escape three. from Planet. See, look, we can keep going, but we don't have to. We've proven <laughs> our point. I think top five onstage deaths. 
for me personally. Which that one? Audrey, Audrey's at the end. Mm. With that epic top five tragic endings. Oh yeah, the orchestration oh, in her death is really the best death ever. Oh. Top five multiple deaths. There's a lot of deaths in this show. Les Mis would also be on there. Les Mis, Gentleman's Guy. There's a lot of shows with a lot of death. Yeah, but I just really like top five serial killers. How many serial killer musicals have we got? American Psycho, Gentleman's Guide. Didn't they turn? Oh, God, Silence of the Lambs into a musical. Oh, it never went uh, even off Broadway, I don't think. Let's not watch that. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this is purely subjective. Top five most fun musicals. Yes. Because mm. whether you're in it, whether you're listening to it, whether you're watching it, it's a whole bunch of fun. It is a whole bunch of fun. It's one of the musicals that I sit there and I'm like, uh, <laughs> as an audience member. Top five sing-along soundtracks. Yeah. yeah. Every single song. You cannot Except help sing-along Close to Renovation songs. and Call Back in the Morning. Very rarely on a soundtrack, so that's a problem solved. <laughs> the movie soundtrack then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, top five plant characters. You want to fill out that <laughs> list? Uh, no, I'm just starting it. Other people can put stuff on it uh, as yeah, they come yeah, out. Okay. When other people start list, he questions... <laughs> Um, top five design challenges. Oh, yeah. Because the combination of how to work the plants into the set and, um, you know, hide your puppeteers for those the earlier plants and mm, stuff. I've seen some puppeteers. And the reveal time. from, like, black the and white or from drab to changing the changing the shop and the renovation yeah. and stuff, yeah. So much fun. And then you want to put that into a tiny, intimate space. Yeah. That's, Yeah. I can. I, I reckon Audrey is one of the top five damsels in distress. Yeah. I reckon. I reckon that's a category she could. Yeah. Mm. Anything else? There must be. That's no. Well, that's that's more than ten. But you know, are there any more? Definitely. Top five musicals of nineteen eighty two, and. 1986 and <laughs> 2003. And, um, Top five musicals that didn't have a Broadway opening. Mm. Until. That was a revival. Mm, yeah. They never had a, a Broadway opening. Well, top five musicals to have been nominated for a revival, Tony, and never qualified for oh an original. Tony. I think that's a really long-winded way of saying what I said. Yeah, I'm just clarifying it. <laughs> Top oh five God. musicals that stick another song in it when they do it for a movie just so they can win an Oscar. We could all play this game, Miranda. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. I'm not going to play anymore. Oh, come on now. No. I don't want to play if Miranda doesn't want to play. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, what about top five Mencken Ashman musicals? Yeah, there are a lot of them. Done ticket, but put is it, it in top there. five? Yeah, put it so far yeah. in there. It hurts. I would wager that it may be among the top five most done community theatre musical. Most done. Mm, yeah, I think every company does it eventually, <sighs> if not numerous. So popular. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do it. This is the first time I've ever done it. What? Top five best musicals. <gasps> Put it out there. Whoa. I'll second it. There we I, go. I third that motion. 
Or what about even just top five uh, musicals converted to movies? Ooh, oh, definitely. Like, I think it's one of my favourite yeah. movie oh, musicals. Top five, top yeah. five that musical is to movie conversions. Hefty, hefty list that that's compiling compiled. to be. But when you... Yeah, it's up there though. We need to actually make the I, okay. I need to go back and listen to every episode and actually start writing these lists <laughs> to see yeah. what goes where. Yep, I agree. But I, I, could, I stand you by. You know, um, in the musicals. room where we sit and record this, just behind Zane is a very large white wall. I'm not writing on my we wall. We could turn it into the top five wall and just yep. Every top five we mention, we'll start a list. The very next time you come here, I'm going to have a picture on that (laughs) wall. All right, well, let's, let's, uh, I think that's top five list. There are, there are some big hitters there. Let's, uh, take a break. We'll come back with the title section of the show. What lessons we have learned. What lessons? Don't feed the plants. Saga, she got in before you did. She got in before you did. The Dana was not, to, not to wait until the questions <laughs> were asked. Uh, it, it taught me puppets are hard to make and use. But you did a wonderful job. Sure. Those puppets were amazing. And I've always, I've always said I'm going to make myself like the arm Audrey too, the one that sits over your arm. I have never the, got around in the pot plant. Yes. Cute. Yeah. Do it. Make me one while you do it. <sighs> They take a long time. Well, Zane Suck has up made a set for Zane. the production that we did starring Ms. Lauren Ware. Oh, you know. Where were you, Julie? In Where the audience watching oh, and paying okay. for that production. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you for buying a ticket. Thank you for supporting your local theatre. You are so um, That is a lesson that we can all learn yeah. from Julie Eisentrager. Also, we learnt that uh, domestic abusers deserve to die. Yeah, don't date dentists. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> harsh. Content is so lovely. Um, if someone tells you they've hidden the money in the back of a plant for safekeeping, just leave it there. Or ask them to get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's another option. Or probably, you, you, you're probably fine. Just stick your hand in and see what happens. Should be right. <laughs> or how about don't have four phones in your business? Yeah, what, just have one. Call waiting. Guys, yeah. no, come on. This was this was 1960s. They didn't have multiple lines on They're, the one Just have one line that has a, a, an engaged signal. Oh my God. They can barely have, they barely have enough money to keep the shop open. I don't know where they get the money for four telephones. They the do have enough money because it's in the second act. They only have one telephone at the beginning. That's true. It, you know what it taught me? Alien plants can somehow fix all your problems. And destroy your life. No, not if you're okay with killing people. <laughs> not if you're okay with your loved ones dying and then yourself. Look, he would not have eaten, or the, I, say, I say he, the plant would not have eaten Audrey if Seymour had fed it someone else. <laughs> Perhaps another yeah. dentist. <laughs> Still full, full of holes there, anyway. Anything else? We learned anything mm. else? No? I learned Ellen Menken and Howard Ashman have the potential to just write some good dang musicals, but they don't always do that. But in this case, it was brilliant. <laughs> Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, yeah, but Little Shop of Horrors, Newsies, Hunchback of Notre exactly. Dame, Hercules, Home on the <laughs> like. Look at that thumb you had out there. Awful. <laughs> Newsies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> Join us for our episode next week. <laughs> Last week. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. We have learned a lot from Little Shop of Horrors and I hope to continue learning more from Little Shop of Horrors every single time I watch it, which I'm going to do this evening. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we will say farewell. for joining us, Lauren. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to see you again. What a pretty face. And we have all been hanging out to talk about Little Shop of Horrors. Can we talk about it again? I, like, can we do another yeah. episode about Little Shop of Horrors? I've maybe. been gagging for it for maybe. a while. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should all go listen to it, realise how our opinions have changed, come up with some better dream casts, and then we'll come back. And, and gush we'll over it another day. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um... What are you up to at the moment, Lauren? What, what do you want to tell our audience about? What you doing? Oh, we've got the fabulous Cluedo immersive oh, production yes. coming up. Do you know about that, Zane? Are you I on? do. I do. I plugged it once or more. Well, I don't, want, I don't want to sound like a broken record that I'm just plugging it all That's all right. I'll do it for you. Come to see Zane. He's fantastic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's happening in a few weeks. Very exciting over at the Baydecker in the Valley, which, which is the funkiest venue ever. Where where Very is cool. this venue? It's a it's a whiskey and cigar bar um, over on. It's literally on the same street that Vizink is on. Um, so there's like a little bridge that connects Constance. Wickham Street, on Constance Street oh, to Vizink. Yes, and it's just hidden away in there. Yeah. I've never been I don't to know how they do very well because it's very and secret doors. Yeah. Shh, don't give away the secrets, guys. I want to go into secret. There's like places. a cellar and a ballroom and a conservatorium, <gasps> and it's the best. Just fun everywhere ever. that you want, where you would want to kill someone. Oh, man, I have to walk it's got around, it. don't I? It has yeah. all the rooms from the Cluedo board. Yeah. No, yes and no. A yes conservatory. No. Yeah. And a dining pretty room. Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, it's a bit spenno, it's a bit expensive, but I think it's very worth the night. If you want to have a real fancy date night out, come get a dinner, or a few snacks. And it is and great. And murder. And hey, Miranda. You, you get a drink, you get food, yeah. and it's a three-hour immersive experience. Yeah, it's a dinner theatre experience. Hey, it's Miranda. Just a show. Yeah, Julie. Do you want to come on a really, like, fancy date with me? Oh, yeah? Let's go see Cluedo. Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay, book, all right. Uh, so if you want to hear more of us, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Yay, do it. Or Google Play, any of any of the places where you catch podcasts. What if I catch my podcasts on Spotify? Well, if you catch your podcasts on Spotify, you must be listening to very few podcasts because they are very <laughs> select about who they put on their service. We only want Super Family Podcast. So if you want us to be on Spotify, just write Spotify a friendly email going, no. hey. Well, no. I, hear, I hear the way to contact Spotify is to tweet them at the Twitter. Oh, yes. well, by all means. That's how they prefer to connect with you. And so Twitter them. them. Twiddly, twiddly, tweet them. Twitter. <laughs> Uh, we are on Facebook, of course, at facebook.com forward slash musicals taught me everything I know. On Twitter, at musicals teach me. If you want to send us an email with all of your suggestions, do it. You can uh, contact us at musicals taught me podcast at gmail.com. And for those super special people who have, you know, one US dollar a month to spare, you can become a Patreon, get all of our Patreon only episodes, plus. Our very first episode, which was 
cats. Mm. Yeah. Before it was controversial, we did an episode. Well, it was one of two first episodes that you will get there. We don't let you know what the other one is because you have to go and find out for yourself for giving us some money and you know the... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. Just got so high there. Oh, it's just Only dogs practicing. could hear you. Uh, so say hello to your dogs for me. I have been Zane C. Weber. Thank you again to Lauren Ware for joining us for Thanks, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, good luck in Cluedo <laughs> and good luck uh, in all your other things. With me tonight have been... Miranda Selwood. And... Julia Eisentrager. And we will see you next time. Bye! Bye. Be bad? Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't learn from it. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm James Keogh. And on our new podcast, My Songs Suck, we talk to writers and musicians who share with us some of their earlier, less good content and reflect on how far they've come. If you want to get in on the fun, head to That's Not Canon Productions or find us on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcatcher you use. My Songs Suck, because everyone makes mistakes. Just make sure you record them. That's not kind of productions podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.